Hello, and welcome to Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Well, hello, sisters. Hello. Hello. We've all had uh, eventful last weeks. Say weekends, but like... I'd I'd say two-thirds of us. Okay, well, Riley... (laughs) Riley hasn't done anything. I've done interesting. Much, no, to be honest, <laughs> I saw Black Panther. <laughs> that's great. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, I heard that was really good. That's yeah. all I did. <laughs> um, I had a baby. You did. Yes. You know, I wish you let me go before you said because <laughs> no matter what I say, I didn't produce life, so it doesn't matter. I okay. just went. I just went to a really fun, uh, like, convention. Um, you tell us about your convention first, then. Uh, well, you already dropped the baby bomb, but uh, don't actually drop the baby bomb because you're holding it right now. <laughs> I won't. Uh, I am holding her. Don't don't drop your baby, says your sister with no children who doesn't even really know how to hold a baby. Uh, <laughs> well, but you are. That is accurate advice. That Do is not good drop advice. Yeah. All right, cool. I got that down. You don't drop them. Don't drop them. You em. feed them uh-huh. and uh, they poop. Make- sure they poop yes that's baby 101 cl- clean it up when they do oh right oh oh that's oh yeah uh don't don't give them beer or cigarettes that's also a good one yeah see i got this down anytime you want me to watch your kid <laughs> um we'll, we'll talk about it yeah, we'll, so we'll you, talk about it off air <laughs> you you did a super adult thing and have a baby I spent the weekend in cosplay and hanging out with a bunch of awesome nerds. Uh, well, it looked like you had a great time, though, from your I, pictures. Yeah, I, I did. It was it was the best con. It was Katsukon. Um, and uh, yeah, if it, I, I, a couple people approached me that were either listeners or like fans of the boys. A couple adventures, a huge adventure zone meetup that I got to just kind of walk through and be like, look, there's 10 Travises and three Justins. <laughs> what am I saying? <laughs> there's always like 50 Justins because there's always 50 tacos yeah. at every con. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so if if I bumped into you and hopefully not physically, although that, that definitely happened a few times because I'm not good at walking in straight lines. Uh, it was really lovely to meet you and thank you for talking to me. Uh, Charlie loves those pictures from when when people do dress up as as taco a lot and I I'm assuming all our listeners know what we're talking about but just in case we're talking about the Adventure Zone podcast which is also of course on our network and uh, is you know stars my husband Justin and his two brothers Travis and Griffin and their dad Clint and I'm you've probably already listened to yeah. it but if you haven't that's what we're talking about and Justin's uh, it's a and d podcast and Justin's character taco is a is a uh, fan favorite for cosplay. Yeah. Mm. And Charlie loves to see people dress as daddy. It makes her so happy. <laughs> she, she'll look and go, look, daddy, that's you. It's a fan. It's a fan. <laughs> that's a fan. <laughs> so I usually at conventions will, will ask tacos for their pictures specifically so I can, uh, I can send them to Justin or, or you guys. He likes collect. that. Yeah. I know you sent him a couple of videos over the weekend. He really liked that. Yeah. That's this one was overwhelming. There were so many, so many beautiful, amazing, uh, all kinds of cosplayers, but tacos specifically. I just love the, how, <laughs> how creative people get because you kind of like you have the umbrella, you have the hat, and then people just kind of go ham with like all the other details. If you it sounds so funny if you don't yes. know. <laughs> you don't know that's the character's <laughs> name. There were so many beautiful tacos. <laughs> I mean, in people general, wearing giant taco all, suits. All tacos are beautiful in my book. Uh, it, it be they Soft, uh, yeah, hard. Yeah. Chicken, flour, corn, (laughs) fish. It's true. It's true. Magical. Um, (laughs) I, uh, like I said, I had a baby 
and she's she here. She's our fourth host today. Yeah, she's yes. here in my arms, attached to my boob. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So that that is hopefully where she will stay through the duration of the podcast. <laughs> she might get up and run away. No, I mean, like, <laughs> I don't think I'm, there are many options right now at this age, right? Like, ho- hopefully, she'll be our silent host. <laughs> What if she has something to say? I can't guarantee it. I don't know. She because sometimes she just likes likes to vocalize. Yeah, like she's not really that. crying. She just kind of likes to. Ah. Sometimes I'll just be lying in bed and like it's been a whole day and I realize I haven't said anything. I'll just be like, ah. There you go. Just make sure it still works. Yeah. <laughs> just just checking. Just making sure you didn't stumble into that Buffy episode where everybody loses their voices and then some exactly. monsters cut out your hearts. It's good to check on that. Every morning <laughs> I wake up, the first thing I do is just go, ah, cool. <laughs> no voice stealing demons. <laughs> That's it. You know what's funny, Tay? Is I was that you took the words out of my mouth. I was about to say just to make sure you're not in that Buffy episode. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sisters. <laughs> have you seen that Buffy episode? I have. Okay. So, I good. Have. That's important. I think one of my top three favorite Buffy episodes, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a four-day weekend, sisters. That's, do you want to explain? Th- that. I think that's kind of interesting to explain yeah. why you have a four-day weekend. Um, I know this is not related necessarily to our topic, but yeah. as a diversion. Well, the entirety of West Virginia has no school Thursday and Friday because the teachers in West Virginia uh, are declaring a work stoppage. Mm-hmm. because yeah. of current policies that have passed that give them a raise but not as big of a raise as they deserve and also a smaller raise than the raise on their insurance premiums rates. yeah so, yeah the 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 PEIA which is the state insurance program for all the teachers has like doubled tripled quadrupled their premiums yeah um and then to make up for that they gave they, them a one percent raise which over the next five years yeah which doesn't even come close to balancing out how much more they're going to have to pay in premiums and um we don't pay them enough to start with and teachers are leaving because our surrounding states ohio and kentucky that are very close to where i am right now um pay like ten thousand dollars more on average for teachers mm-hmm. so that's so ridiculous. The work stoppage. yeah it is ridiculous so i don't have school our, our teachers do one of the most important jobs in society. I was going to say in our country, but in a society. Mm-hmm. And they deserve to be paid as such. And and I concur. Yeah. And I think, you know, and, and this is not, not to, to make light of the current situation, but I think that they have like a new added stress on their jobs that our country doesn't seem to be wanting to do much about. Um, I think yeah. they should get paid like a heck of a lot more seeing as how you know their their job safety is seems to be something that is getting more and more dangerous with mm-hmm. uh as we continue to have so 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 many guns in our country i think i think that's a good point and that's a good lead into what we wanted to talk about that transition that was so smooth that was that was smooth i um, never take the, the transition but when i do out of the park you do a better <laughs> job um <laughs> you should do it more uh yeah i think i think that's an excellent point especially when we're at a moment in this country where we're debating if the solution to the the um the violence gun related violence that we're seeing specifically in regards to school shootings uh if the solution to that that i've seen proposed is to arm and train teachers which then (laughs) makes us i mean we are explicitly saying that part of your job as a teacher now is to combat um, yeah combat combat well i mean yeah that 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 i mean certainly i think that would justify higher pay but i would propose that maybe there is a better solution 
So, so we will and an army yeah. all the teachers fund school supplies, but we will fund guns, uh, uh, the most necessary school supply. School supply. Apparently, right? Well, how this is well, this is a sick, sad world. Lead in this is yeah. Well, the government probably wouldn't, but I bet the NRA would. So there's that. I was gonna say something mean, and I didn't. You were going to say something mean about the NRA. Yeah, I think they can. I think they can take it, Riley. I think you they said can I. It. You said I bet the government can't, but the NRA can. I was going to say, aren't they the same thing? <laughs> Whoa! You know, you know, Riley, your generation gives me hope for how uh, how aware you are at such a young age. Because I think I was still like in a little bit of a la la land about. Well, boy, this 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 stuff sure is scary. But surely the adults out there are gonna do something to stop this. <laughs> You're just like, no, it's it's all, it's all a lie. It's all connected. It, it's all it's all the system is is a game. It's like, well, you know your stuff. That's yeah. exactly, and that that's what we wanted to kind of talk about. I know that we have um, done episodes in the past where where we've talked about how to cope with um, when you know these kinds of tragedies happen and it it shakes your sense of security and safety in the world and makes you question you know I don't know just how how safe you are and it's awful that we did that you know almost two years ago and literally nothing has changed and that's I think I think what's really interesting in the wake of what has happened in Florida is that we are seeing I mean we always see like this rush to to activism like everybody wants everybody starts demanding that we do something but then generally it just fades within like a week yeah i mean that's uh, sadly that's what that's what you see everybody's very angry everybody demands things and then everybody forgets about it because there is no political will to change it um or at least i shouldn't say there's no political will there is not enough unified bipartisan political will to change it uh, and so nothing changes and we all accept that and move on and just be more scared. And I don't, that's not quite what we're seeing. No. There's there's a lot going on with the teens. Right. That's what uh, I would credit solely the teenagers with this. Yeah. The, the adults throw up their hands and move on. But the teenagers have decided they're not going to this time. Yeah. So, so that's what we want to talk about. Yeah. Because our show is about those teens. Do you, Riley, let's address first, I think the biggest issue is that um, in case in case anybody hasn't been following it, which if if you're not able to follow all the news from this from these kinds of, you know, horrible events, I don't blame you. Yeah. Yeah. But, it, you know, if you haven't been following it, the the survivors of this shooting, the teenagers have been leading the effort to. You know, go to the Florida legislature and demand action on gun violence, Mm -hmm. demand laws passed to actually combat this. And the rebuttal to that is a lot of um, more conservative uh, talking heads and news outlets insinuating that these teenagers are crisis actors, meaning that they're just being paid by the left to mock outrage because it's more powerful coming from a teenager than it would be from an adult. Mm-hmm. Do you want to address that idea, that horrendous idea? I just think it's ridiculous that there are kids that are actual kids that are my age and younger 
that are strong enough and brave enough to have one survive that and still somehow are able to function and two are are able to stand up and stand for what they believe in even when it's not the popular thing to believe in and are broken and hurt and scared and have been through more than any of those adults conservatives have ever been through and will ever be through in their entire life and people think that they're faking like it's just what like how awful I'm I'm trying to process that thought. Like people think that they're faking. Like they were they were there. Their it's, lives will never be what they were going to be for mm-hmm. a million different reasons. It's a it's a a brand of cynicism that I don't connect with. You know, obviously I don't I don't fully comprehend because it's not a worldview that I hold. Um it's not uncommon like yeah, a lot of people seem to think that there is like a a grand conspiracy when it comes to protests especially like liberal protesters that they are paid off and so this is not like a crazy narrative you mm, hear it this never, it never seems to be about conservative protesters no um but you know so i mean it's not like that comes out of nowhere um but i think what's so egregious about it in this case is that these are survivors of this horrific event they were directly impacted by it and the undermining them seems i mean who would do that but i think the reason that that a lot of people who are doing that feel comfortable is because they're teenagers it's because yeah. the the perception is they're kids they don't care about anything it is impossible to conceive that a teenager would care enough to talk about something and and to me it's hard to think i mean I've never had to thankfully endure anything like that in my life, but it's hard for me to even imagine going through something like that and hiding in closets for hours and hearing gunshots like feet away from you and watching your friends get shot and not wanting to talk about it. Like everyone keeps saying, give them time to grieve, give them time to get over it. We don't need to make this a political issue immediately. And I don't even think they're trying to make it a political issue. They're not they're not campaigning for a political party. They're not campaigning for a politician. They're pleading for change. Well, and that's so different. And, and that's the thing. Like, you know, we, we always uh, align this issue to politics. But I don't understand at this point how it is, how it is a, a party line issue. Like, kids are dying. If you care about life, uh, this, these are kids that it's, it's completely against their will. Like, I don't understand. How is it a political, how is it a party issue? Like, it's not about, like, states' rights. It's about people are getting gunned down when they're trying to have an education. Like, that should be across the lines. Yeah, this is bad. we got to fix this issue. Like, I I think to try to make it like, oh, it's just a bunch of liberals out there, you know, paying off teenagers to do this. Like, how can you be, who is buying that? Who is buying that that line of logic? Yeah, And, and I'm sitting here not going through it and saying just take all the guns like why do we need guns someone just get rid of them all like they're awful they're used to hurt people someone just get rid of them and these kids who have been through it aren't even saying that these kids who have been through it are just asking for some sort of small regulation and change that doesn't impact people who want to keep their guns and 
and no don't want their second amendment rights violated and call themselves law-abiding gun collectors and citizens like they're not even saying anything to those people they're asking for something reasonable that should already be in place well i i think that's i think that that's at the core of it is that if we all started from the place okay this kind of thing happening in schools i mean and you can expand that conversation to churches and movie theaters movie theaters and concerts and malls and i mean every (laughs) every place you go that you think would be safe yeah but let's focus on schools if you start from how this is uh, unacceptable how do we change that there's a lot of common ground you can find but i think you're right that's not where people are starting from people are starting from you're not taking my guns and you know if you are someone who is not planning on using your guns in this kind of way if you're someone who has legally obtained appropriate you know like appropriately permitted and all those kinds of things guns uh then we're not even talking to you no you know the the problem is that it is too easy to buy weapons i mean not to be not to be dramatic but of mass destruction yeah i mean i mean go back to columbine where two men were also arrested for helping the two shooters in columbine who were 17 years old and 18 years old obtain weapons because they're just there there's no process to go through it was basically a yard sale situation where they were just giving these kids guns and and the thing is you know as for me as like as a as a doctor as a scientist my interest is what can what will reduce this is a cause of death um to me an unacceptably high cause of death for americans in general and for american teenagers which is children and children um so you know from a medical perspective how can we reduce it how can we reduce the risk of of dying from gun violence well first of all that's hard to answer because there's been a gag order on the cdc um passed at the pressure of 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 lawmakers who were being paid by the nra um to we can't study it i mean heck they don't it, there is pressure on medical organizations to not even ask people if they have guns in the home. And that's one of the, like, if, if I'm assessing someone for domestic violence risk, if I'm assessing someone for suicidality, one of the biggest questions I need to ask is, do you have access to guns? Um, if you have kids in, I mean, that's part of a standard pediatric exam. If I'm just seeing a kid... I need to ask their parents or their caregivers if they have guns because then I can get into a conversation about do you keep them locked away appropriately so the kids can't access them and all that stuff. And we're not, I mean, there's pressure to not even ask those questions because it's a violation of your rights for me to ask those basic questions, let alone let's study how can we actually reduce the rate of gun violence. We can't do that in this country. I I watched a really interesting interview President Obama did um, before he was out of office where someone asked him what his stance was on gun control. And he mentioned that exact same thing and said, you know, medical organizations study what caused automobile accidents and what caused people dying because of cars. So when they found out what was causing it, they installed airbags in cars and they put in seatbelts and they cracked down on 
you know, driving under the influence and texting while driving, mm-hmm. and that reduced the number of auto deaths. But we can't do the same thing when it comes to guns for some reason. But, you know, and, and a big part of that, too, was a grassroots organization. That was A lot of that was MAD, was Mothers Against Drunk Driving, that helped get mm-hmm. a lot of those mm-hmm. policies pushed through. So I do think it, that's that's a great parallel because it is something like, you know, if the same regulations that were applied towards to driving a car were applied to purchasing and owning a gun, that would all that would be a massive change. And if, if we agree, like, well, cars are fine, but they 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 could be hev- very dangerous. So we should regulate mm-hmm. them. We should make sure that people have to pass certain tests to have them, that they have to be inspected regularly, that they have to be, you know, you have to be licensed. There's, there's mm-hmm. all sorts of checkpoints to make sure that we operate them as safely as possible. Mm-hmm. How can we not look at something that is specifically designed to kill and not have at least the same regulations as a car right i couldn't get my license for a week longer because i couldn't parallel park without scraping against a barrel (laughs) but i could probably get a gun somehow well that's like you know i I let my license expire because i haven't driven a car in 10 years because i've been in new york and i you know i'm like well i shouldn't actually i shouldn't drive a car because it's been that long it's i wouldn't be safe to drive a car now but yeah, I can get all the guns I want. Well, like. I saw I saw somebody um, tweet a, a parallel that they they're a, a bartender who said somebody came in and they asked for their ID and their license was expired, so they couldn't serve them a drink because the license they had was expired. True. But this person could buy a gun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's an they, excellent point. But they can't they can't buy uh you know gin and tonic so. Which, again, I mean, you can buy a gun when you're 18 and you can't even get alcohol until you're 21. Well, and, and you know... There's three years in there. (laughs) And that's interesting because alcohol can also be a very destructive force. Like, there are a ton of laws that specifically exist not just to punish drunk drivers, but if I, as a bartender, over-serve someone or serve someone that is not of age, it can come back not just on my establishment, on me. Like, there are laws put in place to prevent me from being irresponsible with a substance that can cause harm like alcohol is heavily regulated it can be a substance that i'm sure it's just like guns lots of people have fun with it sure whatever have your fun but it can be incredibly incredibly dangerous in the wrong hands or under the wrong conditions and there are laws in place that me as the proprietor will be held responsible if i am if i give it to somebody that i shouldn't like can can there just be Mm -hmm. that is that could come back on people that sell guns if there's gun death associated with the things that they sell? There should be. There should be penalties. I I think that's fair. I mean, I as someone who has the uh, has a license to prescribe controlled substances and is therefore held accountable for what happens to those controlled substances that I prescribe. So if I tell someone how to use it appropriately and all that, but I don't do my due diligence in making sure they're actually taking it and making sure that they're not selling it and making sure that they're taking it as they should and that if I'm screening for signs of addiction and doing pill counts and drug screens and all the things that I do, if I prescribe that medicine and don't do all that and something bad happens, I can be punished for that. That can come back on me. Well, um, I'm really... So well, I, I, that's like, fair. You, you have to pull back from all these examples and go, what makes guns different? Is it, is it just because, oh, well, you know, the right to bear arms, like, cool, like, and that was when we all had muskets, things were different, like, mm-hmm. can we apply it, it, 
intellects at all this. Like, if we're recognizing that it's important in a civilized culture to regulate substances, machines, any anything that can be dangerous, it's important to have regulations in place. Why are guns the least regulated thing of all these things we're talking about when they are the most directly designed to kill you? You know, tequila's not designed to kill you. It can. Cars aren't designed to kill you. It can. Prescriptions, guns aren't designed to kill you. It can. Guns are designed to kill you. Yeah. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Yeah. Something, sure. Because you're definitely definitely shooting squirrels with that assault rifle. That's definitely what you're (laughs) doing with that. I was thinking about that for like people say, well, hunting. And I was thinking, yeah, I know we we're from West Virginia. I know a lot of hunters. Yeah. Um, you don't like use a bump stock when you go hunting. Yeah. Why do you need like, like a, yeah, like a that drum would be... attached to your gun? Like, yeah, you that just, would like, be ridiculous. Showering a bunch of uh-huh. trees. Yeah, that it, would that would be great. Like well, I mean, animals. also like a lot of people, a lot of hunters like to actually eat the animals. Yeah. They, hunt and that seems like that would re- that would seems counterproductive yeah, yeah. um i want to get into the way teens are responding to this Me though too. um but before we do that let's check the group message we got a lot going on this week we do yeah we do um first of all <laughs> sorry babies there's our little intro noise <laughs> sorry cooper got really excited about the group message yeah, about I, the group message i usually do the beeps and boops but that was so much better <laughs> Cooper got excited because she wanted me to tell you about Squarespace. Oh, man. <laughs> She's already a big fan. Um, if you're not familiar, we've told you about Squarespace before, but we're going to do it again because maybe you would like to know how to create a website. Um, I would because I don't. But Squarespace can help me out. They can help you create a beautiful website to showcase your work, sell products, announce an upcoming event. Um, and they do this by giving you basically everything you're going to need. Beautiful, customizable templates, analytics and built-in search engine optimization, free and secure hosting. Um, I mean, it's just, it's it's great. It's a new way to buy domains and choose from over 200 extensions. So if you are, are needing to start up a website for any of the, any of the things we talked about, um, Squarespace is a great tool for you to use. And if you want to do that, you can go to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, you use the offer code buffering. And that will save you 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. So please check this out. Squarespace.com, enter code buffering. So I have another sponsor to tell you about, sisters. It's a teen one, so only I know about it. Um (laughs) This episode is sponsored by Tortine, the proud publisher of Pretty Boy Must Die by Kimberly Reed. When Jake Morrow's classmate posts a photo of him running, along with the caption, See the Pretty Boy Run, Jake knows he's in trouble. He's an undercover CIA agent. Oh, man. And his cover has been blown. <laughs> I did not see that coming. But when hostels drop through the ceiling of his chem class, oh, man, Jake's pretty sure his trouble just became a national emergency. Don't miss Pretty Boy Must Die, available wherever books are sold. For more information on Pretty Boy Must Die and other great Tortine titles, visit us at Tortine.com. That's very fun to say. That sounds great. It's like never been kissed, crossed with like James Bond or yeah. Born yeah. Identity. Well, I'm, I'm into that. <laughs> I, I, that's pretty cool. I, I did not, as you were reading it, I was getting excited. Like, oh man, oh man. <laughs> What's going to happen next? Yeah. Uh, we also have a couple Jumbotrons this week. Hey, Tay, do you want to tell us about this first one? All right, yeah. Oh, uh, it's every time. All right, this message is for Blake, and it's from Tessa. Hello. Oh, I didn't even see that. No. <laughs> yeah. Hello, sister. I'm sorry you broke your ankle roller skating last week. Oh, I'm sorry, too. Oh, that's a bummer. Me, too. Aww. Oh, and that that lady wrecked your car last month. Jeez. Oh, man. 
2018 oh, will sorry, pick up, Blake. and hopefully getting a shout-out from these good, good sisters helps out with that. Maybe they'll even sing you a song. They'll definitely sing you a song. Uh, also, Daniel wants you to know that he still likes you, even though your crutches are scary. <laughs> oh. oh, I'm sorry, wow. Blake. Oh, no. Well, uh, Tay, sing Blake a song, because things have been uh, rough. All right. Uh, all right, all right. Hey, let's see. All right. Blake, now you've had it kind of rough. But Blake, hang in there and stay tough. You got a friend in Tessa, and she's going to stand by you. You got a friend in Tessa, yeah, she's your buddy. She'll stay true. And your sister. So, uh, this is your song. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That was great. I, I'm panicking there at the end. Oh, no. I like that. I like that ending. Good. Cool. Uh, that, was, right. that was simplicity. I like that. No, but but really, that's some bummer stuff. But but hang in there, buddy. You, you're going to get through it. It's it's going to be okay. Um, and you got someone looking out for you. So yeah. that's all that matters. We have one more message to tell you about. There's no song, so I feel free to read this one. <laughs> yeah, you should just know when you throw it up to me. I know. Why don't I, I prepare for these things? <laughs> that's why we don't tell you. Uh this message is for Mandy. It's from Maria. And Maria says, Happy birthday, Mandy. I am so glad we became best friends after you let me pee in your dorm bathroom the first time we met. I'm happy we can share the joy of podcasts <laughs> together since we live far apart now. I love you very much, and I'm sending kisses to you and sweet Kevin. Have an awesome birthday, but also remember, nobody likes you when you're 23. <laughs> well, see, that you, I could have sung that. Nobody likes you when you're 23, and you still act like you're in freshman year. <laughs> Hey, some, you got a bonus song, some, Mandy. Some, some Blink-182 thrown in there. Good good job, Maria. I appreciate I don't know, that. I don't know exactly when Mandy's birthday is, but this was supposed to be read as close to February 21st as possible, which is our mom's birthday. Which is today. Yeah. Which is today. So that's even better, Mandy. If you share a birthday with our mom, you're, you're in good company. Yeah. So happy birthday. Happy birthday. Cooper raised her arms in celebration. <laughs> Yay. Tiny baby arms. Yay. She raised her arms in a Moro reflex for everyone oh well no, you know hey okay, come <laughs> on don't, don't ruin the, the moment <laughs> sorry sorry i'm sure she was excited too yeah um so let's what, talk about teens let's talk about teens because what we we've uh, there's been a lot of of we've kind of been dwelling on the the more the sadder part of this right. like the the history of this being that you know tay and i remember um we were both teens in the wake of columbine the shooting at, at, in columbine and i think as kind of sad and hopeless and scared as we all felt I don't feel like our generation necessarily turned that into some kind of forward momentum um no I don't I don't remember at least personally activism growing from that right um but we have seen something very different so what what are teens doing um I mean now teens are especially the survivors of the parkland shooting um are speaking out and saying they're the ones that are going to be the leaders of a change in gun regulation and gun laws in our country because they pretty much think and i mean i agree i am a fellow teen agreeing with them saying that it seems like adults that are in positions of power to make changes aren't doing so and if if they're not going to listen to parents and teachers and other policymakers and professionals then maybe they'll listen to teenagers who are going through it and who are having to think about that every time they walk into school 
I mean, I would I would liken it to, you know, we we used to live in a time where we would um, draft people to serve in our armed forces, but not allow them to vote. Mm -hmm. And then we realized that seemed ridiculous that if you are old enough to fight and die for our country, you're old enough to vote. Um, And I would I would say there's a corollary here. You are um, you are among those at risk. Right. So um, why should you not be part of the conversation? Yeah, I completely agree. And I think it's different now than it was when you all were teenagers, just because I feel like when something like Columbine happened, there was no wave for change because you s- it was seen almost as like a once in a lifetime thing. Mm-hmm. This is something very rare that doesn't happen all the time. This was just something awful that no one could have prevented that was just an unfortunate set of circumstances that led to something awful but now it is something that has happened 18 times so far this year and i know people use that number and people say there haven't been 18 school shootings so far this year that number was given by an organization that included any time a gun had been discharged on a school campus Mm -hmm. including accidentally even if no one was hurt including suicides including only one person being injured even though no one should be injured. And my argument is like, there should never be a gun on a school campus. There shouldn't be any firing of any gun on a school property whatsoever. Exactly. I think you make a great point. And I think I would add to that, is one okay then? I, you know, even if that number was one, is that acceptable? Well, and and how many, how many shootings in a school are you okay with? Right. It's also February. Like, yeah, we're not yeah. we're not that far along, guys. Like that's if this is what we're averaging per month, that's that's some dark stuff. Yeah. And I, I feel like it, this is really needed because I, I've seen a lot of um, every time something every time one of these events happens, um, people, especially since Sandy Hook, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people felt like if that didn't make like every lawmaker, no matter what side of the political spectrum they were on, just dig down deep inside and say, we have got to do something like yeah. I can't I won't take money from anybody who stops me from doing whatever I can to stop this. Um, if that didn't do it, what possibly could? And I think yeah. there's been some sort of hopelessness since that. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I think we needed this wake up call of, you know, I mean, thank goodness for your generation for doing it of saying, no, that's not good enough. We're not just going to say, well, it, this, it's like a natural disaster. Just can't help it. Just can't help it. Some, yeah, Yeah. some hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, and mass shootings just happen. I I think it's unfortunate and also necessary that it seems like my generation has kind of had to develop a thicker skin um, and a brave face when it comes to facing these kinds of issues because it's so common that after this happened, I was talking with our parents and mom said, you know, have you ever thought about what if this happened at your school? And I was like, well, we've done the drill that is supposed to protect us. Um, but in every classroom that I am in during the day and in every part of the school I walk through, I've thought about on more than one occasion, if something happened, what would I do? Like there's a window in one of my classrooms that is on the ground floor that I could jump out of if I needed. One of my classrooms is on the top floor but it is connected to the green room so I could hide in there and it's through two sets of locked doors and hopefully that would protect me. Like over the past weekend since this has happened in our state alone there have been nine threats to various schools in our state 
of something like that happening not all of them were credible but still Mm -hmm. like it's something that if it happened to me and I hope more than anything that it never does and never happens to anyone ever again but if it did I wouldn't be shocked and I I wouldn't say I'm prepared because I don't know how you can be well I think that's when we talk about ways to prepare the schools and lock down the schools I I think that um, first of all uh, this school from the sounds of it was very they well had equipped. teachers saying and they did the same drills that i mean my school does th- they did the same drills they had very clear like limited point of access uh, you know ways to access the school yeah. um locked doors through most of the day a guard i mean they 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 had a police officer i mean they, they, they had a lot of the things that people argue well if schools just had this this and this and it, it seems um, like some people are saying because of things they'd practice some people were safer than they would have been and some people got out and more people knew what to do but i mean look at it and 17 people still died yeah and and i mean again i would say what how many is acceptable to you right is one because one is unacceptable so you know i and and i mean a lot of this stuff too we were dealing with a situation where if you're talking about a student who is coming to the school who knows when the doors are locked knows where these points of access are it doesn't matter how much you limit this stuff yeah yeah you know that that's not going to change the situation and and what i've also heard coupled with that is well we need to change the way we're raising children we need to change our morals we need to fix our i don't know somehow we're going to like by banning i don't know violent video games and movies and tv shows and music and raising kids more strictly and making them have jobs or something I don't know that that's going to fix the problem. And I would say, one, uh, where is your evidence for any of that? And two, is that a, is that your solution? Is that your practical, like, we can apply that broadly across the country solution? Because, I mean, if you want to give everybody, like, a higher standard of living and allow parents to be home with their kids more and pay them a living wage, I mean, I'm on board. Yeah. If you want to give everybody medical care and access to good education and a lot of community support and social support, I mean, granted, that would be great, but you're not interested in that. You're just inter- interested in lecturing people. Yeah. Well, and you're interested in taking the focus off the argument against guns because that, that's the thing. It's like, do you, are the reason that these people are picking up guns and shooting up theaters and schools and whatever, is it just because they found a gun? No. Obviously, I think there's a lot more culturally that's at, at the heart of that. I think it is a... Uh, I mean, there's so many elements. I think it's it's toxic masculinity in some cases. I think it's an inability to properly recognize and treat mental health in in some cases. I think there are there is a, 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 you know just like there are so many elements that play into it that will take generations to fix. But you know what we could fix right now? That ability for those people that need so much other stuff to go right in their life that we we as a yeah. country could fix. We could get those guns out of their hands like now. So well, that, that's yeah. right. That's not a couple generations to get that stuff fixed. And and I mean, we're talking about my generation becoming desensitized to it almost and and accepting the fact that it is common. But look at, I mean, police and officials that were warned about the person that did this in Florida and didn't take it seriously. I mean, mm-hmm. if they had maybe this never would have happened maybe it would have but maybe it wouldn't have maybe when he posted online that he wanted to be a professional school shooter 
instead of seeing that as a joke that some teenager is playing, maybe something would have been done. Right. But we as a nation just have gotten used to this idea and see it as a joke people can make. And and that's why I think what what is very powerful so far about the teenager's response to this is they're asking for things that are clear cut. This isn't about um, idealism. Right. This isn't about uh, I, I want to see the world change. There's nothing vague about this. There are there is data that has been collected from other countries where they can study gun violence. Um, gosh, that's a crazy thing to have to say. Other yeah. countries where they're allowed to study something. This is the United States of America, and we can't study something. That's atrocious. Uh, but from other countries where they do, and, and they definitely see correlations between certain gun regulations being passed and a decrease in gun violence. Right. Um, and definitely fewer mass shootings, which is a uniquely american phenomenon yeah um at least at the rate that it happens so there there are concrete things that can be done that have been shown to work in other countries that we could do here this isn't about um my my belief in whether or not you should have guns or how much i like them it's just there's evidence for it and that's what the teenagers are asking for right yeah common sense solutions to this and telling everybody that they need a better upbringing. I'm sorry. What what? Write down on paper how you make that happen, and then go do it. Yeah. And then come back to me, and we'll talk about that law. That law that you want to pass about better upbringings. Well, and what about all the, the you know, generations, generations of people that are already out there who have been, they've been raised like that. There's no going back on how these people have been brought up. Like that's that's a that's not going to fix the problem tomorrow. That's not going to fix the problem in a week or a month yeah. or a year. Mm-mm. Like how how many more years are going to go through? We're just like, well, <laughs> we're we're trying to focus on how we raise kids. It's like, no, problem is now. Well, and that's again, just like that's not like a law you can pass. No, it's there's there's no. I mean, that doesn't even make sense. And what and I think like te- the teenagers are the ones who are speaking like reasonable, rational adults right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that is scary for adults who realize that. Um, you're on the way out and they're on the way in yeah and your old your old laws and your old excuses don't hold water anymore well and i feel like we've talked a lot about on this show how riley's generation in in some ways is sort of like skipping steps of childhood that we had you know that they seemed just a lot more mature earlier on and i mm-hmm. think in some ways we've talked about that as like sort of a weird not a detriment, but it's definitely different. But I think this is one of the, the ways in which it's really, really beneficial because you guys are, you, you're not reacting the way that, that we reacted, which is like, well, we, what are the adults going to do about this? Like, it's it's inspirational to see that, like, and, and like Cindy said, like after Sandy Hook, I think we all kind of went like, well, if that isn't going to change anything, nothing's going to change anything. And like, just the fact that, you know, that you guys can take it upon yourself to go like, no, 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 like, this is, we're the ones who are getting shot were the ones that are going to change this. Yeah. And where the incoming voting group. I can't imagine what you guys are going to have. I feel like you're going to you're going to make improvements once you all get that that voter registration card that are going to help all of the rest of us that haven't that haven't done right by you. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I would say to every lawmaker who is resistant to this or is refusing to listen because they're teenagers. Um, Riley is 17. And I just got my voter registration card in the mail. Yeah. I'll be voting in November. 
So, and she is not alone. And there are a lot of 17-year-olds who will be voting very soon. There are a lot of these students who are probably already 18 who mm-hmm. are going to be voting. Um, there are a lot of 16-year-olds who are going to be voting by the next presidential election. Yep. So uh, if that's all you care about, uh, you should still care. Yeah. And uh, um, but what, what concretely, there's something you're doing specifically before we finish this up, yeah. Riley. Um, so March 24th, the survivors of the shooting are marching on the nation's capital and the March for Our Lives is what they're calling it in in hopes that it will show how many people are desperate for this change. And because we are kind of far away from that, um, I'm organizing the Huntington tri-state area of the March for Our Lives on March 24th, the same day as the national one. Um, because, I mean, I'm a student too. And while I am, a, and I'm a teenager, and while I haven't been through what these kids have had to go through, um, I... It is happening to people just like me who are my same age and who are just trying to go to high school and care about things like prom and AP classes. And um, it's something that if if adults aren't going to start doing something, then maybe they'll listen to people who have had to watch their friends die because of it. So, Yeah, because if, if it doesn't uh, speak to you that you're your kids or if you don't have kids your friends kids or your family's kids or kids that you may know or see are going to school and wondering if they're coming home alive at the end of the day if that doesn't uh, wake you up to what they're saying and make you realize that they have a voice in this conversation uh, I you're not paying attention so March 24th March for our lives yeah if you're in you know this area and want to come i will be there and i will i'm have signs uh, i'm thinking cooper will be big enough <laughs> i can strap her to me in march by then i think that'll be okay well and if she raised her hands if you're a teen i mean maybe you know it's 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 not too late maybe look at doing something similar in, in your own community your area yeah. yeah yeah they have a whole thread on the national march for our lives page by adding your own splinter event in your area so so i think that's a great thing to do take part if you haven't registered to vote mm-hmm. if you can if you're old enough or i didn't think i was old enough but turns out i am can't vote yeah. in the primary but i can vote in the general so so i would i would definitely do that because that is the most powerful weapon you have at the end of the day i mean yes organizing and protesting and speaking out and marching are all vitally important but your vote is what makes the change at the end of the day so so do that yeah and um everybody take care of yourselves and hug each other a lot. Yeah. I mean, if if you want to hug, if you want, if you don't hug. like to hug, I mean, that's if, fine. if you don't like to hug, that's okay too. I, <laughs> I, I can't hug you guys because I'm in New York, but I will tell you that I love you both very much. I, all three of you, oh, I, I love, love all you. three of you very much. <laughs> oh, I love you all too. Yeah, everybody in this little, including that little peanut. This is a little nugget. sweaty thing in my arm. Just arms. a little sweaty nugget. <laughs> it is. I keep unwrapping her because she's getting sweaty. <laughs> Well, thank you all for listening. Um, thank you, uh, sisters, for joining me again this week. You're and welcome. Cooper, thank you. For thank being you, Cooper. Here. She's asleep, but but she she hears it. Uh, <laughs> if you want to check out other shows on our network, go to maximumfun.org for a lot of other wonderful podcasts. Um, you can check out, uh, or you can tweet at us at stillbuff. You can send us emails at stillbuffering at maximumfun. Did I say dot org? Dot org. That's right. Yeah. I haven't slept a lot. (laughs) (laughs) 
haven't slept a lot in the last week or so. Uh, and um, thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Babe, You Change Your Mind. This has been Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am a teenager. And I was too. Hey, this is Griffin McElroy. Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. And we've got a new podcast on Maximum Fun called Wonderful. Wonderful. It's an enthusiast podcast where we talk about things that we're excited about and things that you're excited about. Things like overalls. 24-hour Sudafed. The grand prize game. The fact that wombats use their butts to kill predators. The soundtrack to the movie Dick Tracy. The beach potion we call Bud Light Lime. All these things and more every Wednesday. And we'll also talk about things that you're excited about. You can find us on MaximumFun.org or iTunes or wherever. I don't know. Just search Wonderful. Google it, you'll probably get there. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.